Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com here on a Saturday, the final day of 2022, and we go out the same way we went in with a game against the Kentucky Wildcats in football, uh, although this one had a much different result than we got a year ago. The Iowa Hawkeyes improved to 8-5 and five and are trans-perfect Music City Bowl champions with a 21 to nothing win, a shutout of Kentucky. Uh, just an by the defense, the, the defense as I mean, it was the same kind of game we saw all year. Uh, different personnel, a different quarterback, uh, some different looks in, in other things in other areas. But for the most part, that was a an Iowa Hawkeye 2022 football game. Uh, relied heavily on defense, two pick sixes, one from Xavier Wampa, one from Cooper DeGene. Uh, relied on the tight ends and kind of short passing game. And then once you got a, a significant lead. You just put the offense into, into that lockbox. You, you don't make mistakes. You don't give the other team an opportunity to uh, to do much. And then you rely on the defense and the special teams to continue doing what they've done. And, and Torrey Taylor, and he had a great game. And then that defense, obviously, a fantastic game. I was first bowl shutout since, I think, 1996, just the second ever. Uh, I think the first time a Big Ten team has, has had a bowl shutout in this century. And, you know, that, that was not a great Kentucky team by any means. Obviously, uh, Destin Wade, their quarterback who hadn't played all season, uh, had a rough go, uh, as you would expect he would against this this Iowa defense. And so uh, in this podcast, we'll certainly look ahead and, and kind of a big offseason that, that's coming and, and what changes we can expect and uh, what Iowa's going to look like next year. But let's just revel for a few moments uh, in, in this win, another bowl game, another bowl win, Kirk Ferentz's 10th bowl win that's incredible he ties Joe Paterno for most bowl wins uh, by a Big Ten coach Um, I put out a tweet a little bit ago for context that's uh, 10 bowl wins for Kirk Ferentz that's twice as many as say an Iowa State has uh, in their program history Um, and so that that's nothing to sneeze at and again these games uh, may may not feel like they mean a whole lot in 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 the in the grand scheme of things they don't uh, but it certainly feels better to end the season on a win than on a loss. It feels a lot better going into this offseason uh, with an 8-5 and five season than it would have with a 7-6 and six season, even though the offense today was uh, as as bad as we've come to expect this offense to be. Joey Labus played okay. He played fine. Uh, he didn't make any mistakes. He made a couple of really nice throws. He uh, looked confident and comfortable out there. That was really good to see. 
you know, it feels like if if we were going into next season with the with with Joey Labus as the starting quarterback, uh, there'd certainly be some trepidation and and some uh, worries about who would be coaching him and what the offense would look like. But uh, that's not the case uh, with Cade McNamara coming in from the transfer portal, or at least that's what what we all expect. And I think Kirk Ferentz expects Cade McNamara to be the starter going into next season. Although I'm sure Joey Labus. Uh, if if he's not headed for the transfer portal, we'll give him a run for his money. Uh, but Labus looked fine. He did what he did what you're supposed to do as an Iowa quarterback. He didn't make a big mistake. He found his tight ends. Uh, he took care of the ball. And 14 to 24, 139 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that's good enough to rout an SEC team in a bowl game. Um, Jazzy and Patterson was actually Iowa's leading rusher. He had a couple of, of nice runs late in that final drive where it really looked like Iowa was, was trying to score again, which was pretty surprising. Um, it looked like Iowa, you know, they took a shot or two to the end zone. Uh, Jazzy and Patterson was certainly fired up after a couple of nice runs, and it felt like they, they were trying to get another score on Kentucky. And, you know, there, there's something, there's some bad blood out there. I don't know if it stemmed from last year or something that had happened this week in Nashville or what the case was, but Kentucky was uh, headhunting. They, they were taking some cheap shots uh, after plays. The hit on Cooper DeGene after he called a fair catch, that's just, that's uncalled for uh, at, at any level of football. And uh, you could see it was a little bit, little bit icy between Kirk Ferentz and Mark Stoops uh, at the end of the game in, in the, the, you know, half field handshake and and the, again the fact that i w- appeared to be trying to score late in the game that's not a kirk ferentz thing to do unless he's trying to show you up and and it seemed like that may have been happening anyway jazzy and patterson i was leading russia the running game never got going the offensive line struggled uh, kentucky has a good defense but the, the, this offense was uh, anemic they, they were terrible uh the again the run game caleb johnson had nine carries for 17 yards and then it's you know, Joey Labus, Sam Laporta out of the Wildcat had a couple of carries for six yards. Ragiini on a, a jet sweep. LaShawn Williams, three carries for three yards. Deontay Vine had a carry for a couple of yards. But I was running game, just never really able to get going. Uh, the receiving game was was tight end driven as it always is. Uh, Sam Laporta, five catches, 56 yards. That, that long of 27 where it was probably a seven-yard route, and then he broke six or seven tackles and carried some Wildcats down the day. The, the individual effort that Sam Laporta put into that play, which then set up the 15-yard touchdown to Luke Lachey, uh, you just can't say enough about uh, guys, and and uh, you know, we'll talk about Jack Campbell. But for these guys who it was their final game, they are going to the NFL. They had nothing to really prove in this game, and still went out and played at that level, played with that amount of of grit and toughness, and uh, it, it was just really really good to see that. Luke Lachey three catches for 36 yards and had that nice touchdown catch. Deontay Vines a couple of catches, 23 yards. Ragaini a couple of catches, 21 yards, and then a couple of running backs out of the backfield. Didn't see anything from from Alec Wick or uh, Brody Brecht. You know, it's obviously Iowa needs to rebuild its receiving core going into next season. It's nice that Nico Ragaini is back. Uh, Deontay Vines, who I you know I, I kind of expected to maybe hit the transfer portal and, and certainly still could. Uh, if, if he comes back, and then obviously I was going to be looking to get a couple of guys out of that transfer portal yet uh, in this, this offseason. Uh, but with, with Luke Lachey coming back and with uh, Eric All coming in from Michigan, seems like I was going to have another really good tight end duo, and, uh, and that spells good things. Jack Campbell, I mean, what superlative 
can you say that hasn't been said? Uh, you you can't overstate Jack Campbell in any area at this point as a as a football player, as a piece of this program, uh, as a a person, as a representative of of the state and the university. He he has done it all. He's done it all with class. He's held held his head high. Uh, he's won awards. He's the best linebacker in the country. That's that's not up for debate. That's proven. Uh, I believe he's now the best linebacker in Iowa football history, which is a, a huge, huge statement to make. Um, the way that Kirk Ferentz gets emotional just talking about Jack Campbell, the way that Jack Campbell talks about his teammates and his love for the university and, and his want to go out there, the the way his jersey looked in the third quarter today after, again, in a game that, that – doesn't really matter, but it mattered to him, and uh, and that's that's really really cool. He had a really good game, uh, but he wasn't alone, man. This defense did what they've done all season long. Xavier Wampa with eight tackles, uh, he played really well. Obviously, the future is really really bright for him. Uh, it seemed like the bowl practices, from what Phil Parker said, were huge for him, and and he really came alive, uh, got his first start today, and and really made a name for himself. Uh, you got to love what you expect from him going forward. Cooper DeGene, obviously, not just defensively, where he had seven tackles and that pick six and a tackle for loss and a couple of huge stops. Uh, he had a 35-yard punt return that was key for Iowa in the field position game early in the game. Uh, he downed a couple of punts uh, from Torrey Taylor inside the five. He was always, as he has been, uh, always in on the play, always had his nose where the football was and uh th- this kid is absolutely already special his third pick six of the year that ties uh a school record and um he's he's just everywhere and he does it again he was the mvp of the game it was fun to hear him talk after the game and the the, the again the future is bright with this defense sebastian castro had a great game he had five tackles he had a sack a tackle for loss uh, Deontay Craig with a sack. I think Iowa had four sacks total, 11 tackles for loss. Uh, the defensive line was swarming. That They were overpowering the Kentucky offensive line. They made it really, really uncomfortable for Dest- Destin Wade, uh, Kentucky's quarterback, who, you know, it reminded me of, of the Penn State game last year where Penn State's backup quarterback came in and it just looked like he he was afraid of Iowa's defense. And rightfully so, you should be afraid of Iowa's defense. And that is how Destin Wade looked, certainly in the the second half today, uh, because you're facing all of these guys, the Seth Bensons and Logan Lees, Deontay Craigs, Lucas Van Ness, who played kind of sparingly. And and I know that that was a bit of a talking point during the game. We'll see what happened there. Uh, Quinn Schulte and... Again, Riley Moss, who you know, we did, don't even mention much because they don't even throw at him anymore. He had one tackle, a couple of breakups, uh, and and will end his career as you know one of the all-time great defensive backs in in Iowa history. Uh, you had Wampa and DeGene both have those pick sixes. I loved the way that Cooper handled himself after that pick six. I mean, he he saw it coming. He made the play. He knew as soon as he caught it that it was a touchdown. There was nobody in front of him. And rather than, you know, run deep in the end zone away for his teammates, rather than have some touchdown dance or or something like that, he took one step into the end zone just to make sure he flipped the ball to the the referee and he went to the sideline. He acted like he'd been there before because he has been there before and he'll be back. Uh, The way he carries himself is, is such a 
you know, quintessential Iowa player under Kirk Ferentz. It's 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 what Jack Campbell would do, right? It's it's the kind of guy you want on your team, the kind of guy you want leading your team, and and Cooper DeGene is certainly going to be one of those leaders uh, for the next couple of years uh, in Iowa City. He had three punt returns, forty-two total yards. Had that thirty-five-yard punt return, you know, out of the the shadow of their own end zone to the forty. That was big for Iowa. Drew Stevens, three extra points, didn't get didn't get a chance to kick a field goal. Uh, Torrey Taylor had a great game, eight punts, 386 yards. Six of those were inside the 20, a couple inside uh, the 10. He had a couple of over 50 yards, a 59-yarder. And, you know, is that the last game we see of Torrey Taylor in a Hawkeye uniform? It seems like it might be. Um, we'll see. He said after the game he's he's not announcing anything today. He's not making a decision today about that, but – uh, he played great today, and and you know his connection with Cooper DeGene, uh, who can get down there and and take those punts and down those punts, and is as sure-handed as he is. Uh, that's that's just such a great combination, and, and has been so pivotal to this this Iowa season, where they ended up winning eight games, even though their offense was historically bad, and and maybe will end up being the worst offense in the country. Uh, just had what two hundred yards today, just over two hundred, two hundred and six yards, and really a lot of those, not a lot, but you know, thirty, forty of those were on that final drive. Uh, it didn't seem like Iowa was going to crack the two hundred yard mark uh, in this game, but they did two hundred six yards. Uh, 0 for 11 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth down. That's that's despicable. And a couple of those were short yarded situations where you feel like Iowa should have just been able to line up and punch the ball down down the throat. Uh, they weren't able to. Um, just 5.8 yards per completion for for the Hawkeyes. Um, 67 yards rushing on 24 carries. That, that's not good. But Iowa didn't kill themselves with penalties, just two for 10 yards. Didn't kill themselves with turnovers, none of those. Uh, and, and the defense did everything they needed. Kentucky's offense wasn't very good. That's that's not a great Kentucky team, certainly without uh, the pieces that they've lost uh, in either the transfer portal or, or to the NFL draft. And so, you know, it, it is what it is there. I think this was a, a – uh, if you're an Iowa fan – who like me and I think like almost all of us at this point hopes for change this off season. I think this game was about as good as you could hope for because you got a a, a handy win, right? You, the game was never really in question after Iowa scored two touchdowns in 11 seconds after the the Lachey touchdown and then the Wampa pick six happened so quickly that it felt like honestly at that point um, it didn't feel like Kentucky could score 14 points so it kind of felt like the game was over they did add the pick six but so you had a comfortable game in in that you you knew you were going to win you saw some promise from from Joey Labus and um, you know maybe a guy who can push uh Cade McNamara and who can you know if he stays in the program can take over in a couple of years and, and play well uh, so I, I think you you wanted to see some good things out of Joey Labus uh, but if you're if you're hoping for change you also needed to understand that you didn't want to see an offensive performance that I mean really kind of like that first drive right it felt like the offense felt different in that first drive and that it all kind of reverted back to what it had been and 0 for 11 on third down and now I just I don't know how you justify keeping things the way that they are I don't know how you justify keeping Brian Ferentz as the offensive coordinator after you know getting an eight eight wins and eighteen over the last two seasons uh, with one of the worst offenses in the country. It just it, it of course makes you think what could have been, what would have been, where could we be 
uh, which game could we be playing in today uh, if Iowa had a decent offense, not even a great offense, but a decent offense, an offense that can score. I mean, if, if Iowa scores 10 points against Illinois, if Iowa scores 11 points against Iowa State, uh, that's a 10-win football team. Uh, and th- those weren't those aren't great teams that I Iowa lost to. The the way this defense, I mean, the defense gave up three points, ten points, zero points, ten points, twenty seven to Michigan, nine points, fifty four to Ohio State, thirteen three ten ten, twenty four to Nebraska is the big outlier, and then I mean, and, and pitching multiple shutouts, uh, holding I think nine teams to ten or fewer points. One two three four. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine teams you held to under 10 points you, or 10 or fewer points. You lost two of those games, by the way, uh, to Illinois and Iowa State. And so, you know, it just it, it leaves you wanting, as it did a year ago. Um, the, the hopeful thing is at least you know uh, there's going to be a different quarterback coming into the the next season. At least you know you feel a little more confident about the quarterback. The question is who's going to be coaching that quarterback, and uh, and and that's an answer that that I can't give you. the The drive chart for this game is just incredible. Uh, only one offensive possession on either side of the on either for either team ended with anything but a punt or a turnover on downs, or I guess a turnover. Right? Um, Kentucky had those two interceptions for for touchdowns. They went for it on fourth down a couple of times and, and turned it over a couple of times. Iowa turned it over on downs a couple of times. But then it was all punts, except for the one touchdown that Iowa had, uh, a two-play drive uh, for the touchdown. I mean, it's the the if you were hoping Iowa's offense wouldn't be a national uh, punching bag or talking point or punchline coming out of this game, even with a 21 to nothing shutout win over an SEC team and a January, you know, New Year's Day bowl game, New Year's Eve Day bowl game. Uh, I'm sorry, Iowa's offense is still a, a punching bag and a punchline and a talking point, and will continue to be so um, until a change is made. But man, what a what a great send off for some of Iowa's best players of all time uh, in Sam Laporta, Riley Moss, Jack Campbell for sure. Um, this will be a, a season that we all remember for a long time, just for how weird it was, and uh, and maybe for the fact that it it sets up a a reset. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So what comes next? Uh, When does it happen? How long does it happen? Kirk Ferentz doesn't make changes in season. We are no longer in season. Um, do, do they need to wait to the NFL season uh, comes to a close before they are, you know, ship Brian Ferris to an NFL job or something of that sort or, or find whoever they want to come in and, and piece this thing back together. I think you need obviously drastic changes uh, on the offensive side of the ball. You, you need to upgrade this offensive line somehow losing Caden Proctor uh, the last couple of weeks was a, a real blow. 
and this this line just hasn't developed the way that uh, it needs to have over the last couple of seasons. So a, ch- a change needs to be made there, and, and obviously a change needs to be made with just the offensive scheme overall, the the the, the philosophy. Um, you, you can't just keep winning games like this. Now you can and you will, uh, at least for another season as, as you play in the Big Ten West and, and you can play games like this and, and come out and win. Um, and, and let's be honest, that Kentucky team is much closer to a, a Big Ten West team than a, an SEC East team. But uh, you, just, you have to you have to at least signal to the fans that you're willing to make some changes here. And not and, and Kirk has done that already this offseason. And so let's uh, I've I've said this all season long. Um, I have the same feeling about a lot of this swarm collective stuff, like. We got to let some of this stuff play out. We can't be so knee jerky as a fan base, uh, certainly, especially on on social media. Um, every time something negative happens, or, or even is like uh, potentially negative happens, um, we all just jump to conclusions and the sky is falling, and it's a it makes it a rough place to be at times. Uh, makes you not want to, to engage at times because it's just it can just get so negative. But um, you know, a, ch- a change needs to be made to just signal to the fan base that you are willing to change. And again, Kirk Ferentz has already done that this offseason by embracing NIL, uh, by going into the portal and grabbing a couple of really big players. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we, we are seeing, we have seen changes. We are seeing changes. You know, it's they play their cards so close to the chest, uh, both Kirk Ferentz and, and Gary Barta, and they both spoke about it. This week and Brian's job security, Brian talked about it too. Of course, he was asked about it. And, you know, they all kind of said what you would expect them all to say. Uh, we'll see what this evaluation looks like in in the offseason. But I feel like a change needs to be made uh, sooner rather than later. And, uh, again, maybe that's just I mean, until the, the NFL season is over and, and getting Brian, you know, another gig somewhere else uh, so you can kind of save face there. Is he hireable? I don't know. I'm not an expert on that stuff. Uh, all I know is you, you're going to have a bit of mutiny on your hands, regardless of of what else happens this off season. If you, if a change isn't made at off at, at offensive coordinator, um, fans are not going to be excited going into next season, even with Caden McNamara and Eric Hall and whoever else you pull out of the transfer portal. Uh, if you don't have a different offensive coordinator, uh, the the numbers don't lie. It's been feeble. It's been anemic. I mean, Brian Ferentz had a month to prepare for this game. Yeah, he had to break in a new quarterback and probably change the system a little bit, and and they were without their wide receivers like they were for much of the season, but they weren't able to do anything. Uh, They were able to put up one scoring drive of two plays, which was really just a great one play. It was a great individual effort from your tight end. And the other, a a nice catch and throw uh, from Labus to Lachey, but um, 0-11 on third down. That's that's, I mean, comically bad. Uh, this offense is laughably bad. It was and it has been, and so uh, change needs to be made. Uh, will it? I don't know. I hope so. Um, I think it absolutely has to, though. Yeah, the, the whole swarm thing this this last couple of weeks again. I just I I think it's so early in this process, and yeah, I understand that it's important. And I think Iowa is doing a pretty good job based on results, at least. Um, you know, you lost the Caden Proctor thing, but I think that had as much to do with Alabama as it did with NIL. And you, you've you you've been able to land a couple of, of transfers. Um, I don't think the sky is falling just because Gary Barta won't share the 
email address with Brad Heinrichs. Now, obviously, Brad Heinrichs is frustrated and, and voiced that frustration. And um, will that move the needle? I don't know. It's it's clear that Fran McCaffrey and and Kirk Ferentz and Lisa Bluter are all on board with the the swarm. And, and to them, for the most part, it seems like Gary Barta is as well. But he's got a different job and uh, has different. Uh, you know things pulling at him. Uh, he has a different history of being sued over Title IX issues and and that sort of a thing. And and so again, while I understand and the maybe bad look of some of this stuff, I also think that uh, it's maybe being blown out of proportion a little bit. It's not like it's. I mean, it's not like where Iowa State. You know what I mean? Like I, they they may be on on more of a, a page with each other, but. They're not dealing in the kind of money that Iowa is dealing with right now. And um, I think I was in a pretty good position relative to, to where we are in the college athletics world. And so you got to kind of let some of this stuff play out. Some of it's just it's it's in its infancy. And so some athletic directors in schools uh, and probably coaches and players are going to slow play this a little bit and, and walk before they run and make sure they don't make any major missteps. Um, the NCAA at some point is going to have to come in or somebody's going to have to come in and put some regulations on some of this stuff. But until that happens, uh, it really is just kind of the Wild West and, and how each school does things are going to be a little different from how other schools do things. Um, but I, I don't think that's a a reason to freak out or to, to worry too much about Iowa's future with some of this stuff. I think it's all going to be okay. It's kind of like I said, uh, you know, halfway through this season when I encouraged people to just kind of take a breath let this play out. And that's where I am right now with the NIL stuff and with the coaching staff stuff. Just, okay, now we've gotten to this point. Let's let this play out. Uh, Kirk Ferentz has earned the opportunity to, to adjust things as he sees fit and we'll see if it works. And if it doesn't again, then that's when a decision will need to be made about the future of this program. But as of right now, I think the future is in, in pretty good hands. And I do believe that a change will be made uh, at offensive coordinator, mostly because it just, it just absolutely has to. And so, We'll obviously be talking about that uh, as we move through this uh, this off season, which again is a huge off season, both in in what changes you make uh, in coaching, who you bring in to to fill those spots, and then there's still a lot of transfer stuff up in the air. Uh, I don't know that every Iowa player who played today will be on the roster next season. Just because you didn't transfer in the first couple of weeks of the window doesn't mean you can't transfer now. Um, does Joey Labus say, you know what? I, I had a nice little show in there. I'm ready to go somewhere else, and I, I don't want to wait two years to play. I don't know. Does some of these receivers end up transferring? And then who does Iowa bring in? Um, it, it's it's just all so up in the air right now. We just kind of have to let it play out a little bit, and uh, and that's what I'm willing to do. All right, final segment here. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of uh, my, my friend Chris Williams uh, for Cyclone Fanatic did a uh, five New Year's resolutions for Iowa State Athletics. And I, it's, it's a cliche thing. He admitted that, but it, it's still kind of fun. And I, I wanted to do that for, for Hawkeye Sports and kind of what I what I hope for in the, uh, the coming year. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about Iowa men's basketball at the moment, uh, mostly because I don't want to ruin my high. I feel good right now. After that football game, I don't need to talk about those last couple of basketball games. Hopefully, I will will go to Penn State and and shock the world and uh, 
and we'll feel better about things the next time we talk about that. But I, I will start with Iowa men's basketball when it comes to my New Year's resolution. And at this point, it's just make the tournament. Find a way to make the tournament. Find a way to get back together uh, to, to, to shake off these couple of losses, to shake off an 0-2 start in Big Ten play, um, and to, to start hitting shots. Um, just find a way to get to the tournament. There's still enough big games. You're still a good enough team. Uh, there, there's still opportunity there to not just make the tournament, but have a pretty decent seed and, and put yourself in a position to, to make a run. But you got to change things real quick here. As we move into January, it starts to get real, and uh, you've already dug yourself a hole. So for the Iowa men, the New Year's resolution is make the NCAA tournament. For the Iowa women, it's it's win the Big Ten probably win the Big Ten tournament again and make a run at the Final Four. You know, you may never have a team like this again. Uh, the pieces are all there. They're starting to play really, really well. Let's uh, let's put this thing together and, and vault Iowa into, into the, the uh, league of programs that's capable of, of making a Final Four. I think Iowa is that good this year, and uh, I think that's where the expectations should be. We'll move to wrestling, and we'll keep the expectations high. Go win a natty. Go beat Penn State. Win a natty. Spencer gets his fourth. Iowa gets another. That's, I mean, that is where the expectation has been and, and should pretty much always be for Iowa wrestling. Win the national championship. Yeah, natty or bust. It's, it's, that, it's that simple. Uh, but hope, hopefully Spencer Lee will get his fourth as well. For Iowa football, I think the New Year's, the, the resolution, the hope is is change. You see some change, some pretty drastic change on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, and, and maybe, you know, come September, uh, a team that we don't recognize offensively. And then for the entire fan base on social media, just ease up a little bit. I talked about it a little bit in the last segment. I've, it's been kind of a, uh, a recurring theme of mine uh, for a while now. Just Just ease up. Just... Not everything needs to be reacted to instantly. I say on an instant reaction podcast, <laughs> but not the sky is not always falling. Okay, just because something seemingly negative happens doesn't mean the world is ending. Uh, it sucked. It, we we had a rough few days there with the Caden Proctor news, the Eastern Illinois loss, the Nebraska loss. Uh, it's it, it has not been great. Um. But hey, you just shut out an SEC team in a bowl game. Um, you know, things things could be a lot worse. So those are kind of my New Year's resolutions heading into 2023 uh, for Hawkeye Sports. Check out all of our coverage at HawkeyeNation.com. We'll have the Music City Bowl covered from top to bottom, uh, from all angles. Great coverage uh, from Nashville. And, uh, and then we'll continue going through this, uh, this basketball season, the wrestling season. Uh, baseball will be starting here in, in 49 days or something. And, uh, and hopefully some, some news coming out of the football program, um, both with, uh, with coaching changes and transfer portal additions uh, in the coming weeks. I appreciate you listening, uh, not just today, but all year long, following along with us at Hawkeye Nation as we, uh, we got through another football season. Uh, it was a an interesting one, one for the, the the storybooks for sure, one that I don't think any of us will forget for a while. Uh, but it is over, and it ends with a win. I appreciate you listening. Happy New Year, and go Hawks! <laughs>